Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 87, Drunken Dallas. Back with you guys again. Um, really bad news from, from the family of Drunken Dallas, so we're not doing any sponsorships today, which you guys will probably love. And um, we just really want to get into the, the meat of the thing and talk about what we're going to talk about. But before uh, we get on too far, Daniele across from me, we're recording in his fabulous um, East L.A. home, high in the hills, looking at incredible views, and uh, a beautiful day for reflection and... Uh, Thinking about our friend who has uh, made his way to the afterworld. And we're not just talking about Prince, because Prince made Rich pretty sad. Uh, that was a crushing one. This one being somebody who was so kind it's to us. A lot closer to home. Yeah, a lot. It, it hits a lot closer. And, uh, yeah, so um, I'm sure the guys that sat around, and all those guys will understand. We're not doing, you know, in a, when we discuss something like this, we're not doing anything commercial of any kind. So we'll just get straight to the episode. So we'll see you on the other side a little bit of music and we'll get to uh, celebrating our, our awesome friend Bennett. Well, brothers and sisters, on this sad occasion of the passing of our pal Bennett, we're going to we're gonna do a Bible story, story as usual, but a kinder, gentler Bible story that will make everybody so bummed out. Yeah, yeah, I don't want any negativity in today's episode, so everything we'll play with will be on a on a positive tone. So we'll do that even with the Bible. That so I, I far can't has wait to see not where we're going. exactly been where we have gone with the Bible, but we'll manage to today. So, you know, normally we peel, pull out all the craziest, weirdest, goriest stories out of the Bible because it's funny, because it's just weird, it's like it's downright bizarre that any human being could believe some of the nasty things that were discussed today is actually one of the stories that i really dig that i find is a beautiful story it's uh, i can't really think of anything i mean there are some good stories in the bible this is definitely up there as one of the cool ones it's only found it's from the new testament it's only found in one of the gospels you know, so out of four three don't mention it one does there's a lot of people who think that may have been written down later that may have been who cares it's a hell of a story so let's play with it it's from the gospel of john and it's a story of uh, jesus being um the whole tale uh, revolves around uh, a woman who has been caught having sex outside of marriage an adulteress. And as such, according to the custom and laws of the time... Stoning time. Stoning time. She was to be stoned to death. Somebody get a match. Uh, yep. That's, oh, wait a minute. Well, close enough. But the, um, the idea being, uh, now they, Jesus steps up, and in this moment where you think about it, you know, so much of the history of Christianity is the history of this is the law of God, that you have to be punished because you broke it, da, da, da. Jesus basically tells the mob and the scribes and the people who are trying to push for the, this is what the law say and it needs to be done. He tells them to screw themselves. He says, 
really are so quick to pass judgment about somebody else's uh, breaking the law because you, you never broke any, right? There's the whole idea of uh, whoever is without sin cast the first stone. And that's where he catches them by the balls and nobody dares to step up because they know that, you know, they can be quite such hypocrites when they know what's going on within their own lives. But the whole idea of when you think about it, and even, you know, today we hear about it all the time still with, you know, with Middle Eastern story of nasty things. They say, we could do such barbaric things. And you hear still about the honor killings and stonings and these and that. Yeah, That's literally like, you can probably go on YouTube and find some nasty videos showing you exactly what happens right now at some places in the world. And here you have the story like, I dig it because this is my outlaw Jesus story is where Jesus literally just steps. What he's doing, he's stepping, he's preventing the law from being applied. He's literally saying this law can go to hell because, which is really interesting because, you know, you find so many passages where the idea seems to be that Jesus is here to fulfill the New Testament, to confirm some of this idea, you know, to push uh, you know there's continuity with the laws of moses and this and that but clearly over and over again there are cases when that's not it and this is one of them so the idea of um, i don't know i dig that scene it's one that we have seen in movies a bunch of time because it's dramatic right because it's a big deal you know the the mob ready to stone down this woman and jesus stepping up and preventing that from happening if I'm going to find anything cool about Jesus, that would be one of them. It's one of the best. I mean, if you're going to have yourself a Messiah, he might as well be the cat that is for the downtrodden, mm-hmm. who is for the person that's got the numbers against him and uh, not afraid to stand up for him. Yep. So, you know, this is the first we have yet. It's not a first. I don't think we've ever been, other than the whole fig tree thing, which still needs some damn explaining. No, but we, we haven't gone into We've that. never been anti-Jesus. Well, I mean, sure, there are a couple of parts that are weird, and we will eventually get to some New Testament parts that, yeah, there's the fig tree. There are a few others where it's like, okay, something here is going on, and it's not the healthiest stuff I've ever heard. There are some Jesus quotes that are like, ooh, that's a little heavy and weird. There's one where Jesus go like, Whoever doesn't abide in me is to be cast away as a branch and burnt into the fire. And you're like, talking metaphorically, talking literally, what are we saying here? You know, it's like, it's ambiguous at least. There See, are that a few sounds others. like a later edition with somebody grumpy. No, there, were, there are some passages that are little, but this is not one of them. This is one of the great ones. So it's, um, for once, there you go. You have a cool, nice, badass Bible story. A plus, Jesus. It's rant time, and, and we got a, we got a ton of rants today with that question. I mean, first was the untimely death of Prince, and that was kind of a crazy one for me. That was the soundtrack, the, the other half of the soundtrack of my childhood, for yep. sure. But that was nothing compared to the crushing, drunken Taoist number one benefactor, I'd say. Yeah, no, this is this is a bad week, to say the least. And actually, this is one of the rare times when... The release of the episode and the recording of the episode are very close to each other. So this will be the actual same week in which we record and we release the episode. 
And that's because something happened that was really heavy and crushing for us. And so we want to kind of release this episode in which we're going to discuss this in a timely manner. Our ambassador of awesomeness, Bennett Grunberg, who has been, you know, the boss at Shore Design. A whole lot of you guys are wearing his t-shirts probably right now. I sure as hell am right in this moment with my drunken Taoist shirt. He got sick back in, what is it, December. Um, said, oh, I feel dizzy, I have this thing going on. Went uh, to the hospital after enough blood work, they figure out he had a leukemia. Started uh, heavy chemotherapy and I got the news earlier this week that he died. Right after it seemed like he had beaten it. There, yeah. We had gotten a lot of good signs that... He was doing better. Yep. I got a message from his mom, who's, by the way, is one of the sweetest ladies you can see in, like, I, mean, I haven't met her personally, but just exchanging messages with her. She seemed like such a good person. And just, she unfortunately had to be the deliverer of this horrible news, which, I mean, really for her is like, there's really fucking nothing worse in life. You know, you lose your kid just as bad as it gets. I can't imagine what would be. No, that's, and, you know, it's, it's always a contest because every time, like, when you horrible things happen to you, you're like, you realize that there are always deeper levels of tragedy at every step. So, you know, things can get always get worse, but that's definitely, those are bad cards yeah. right there. And I don't know, man, I've been just hit me hard. You know, I've been thinking about it every day. I wake up and that's the first thing I've been thinking about. I've been, you know, I had my moments where it just hits me really hard because the problem with Bennett is that it wasn't just like the super nice person. It's just somebody who is genuinely one of the nicest human beings you can run across. Yeah. His uh, level of generosity, his level of, I mean, one of the things I went yesterday I don't know why I do these things to myself, but I was kind of getting over it. I was feeling like, okay, I'm, you know, I understand it sucks, it's terrible, but it was, I was creating some emotional distance with the whole thing. And of course, I promptly had the decision to go back and reread some Facebook inform me that we had exchanged over 2,000 messages over the last two or three years. So I promptly went through all of them wow. yesterday morning. And that obviously, it, you know was i i don't see it was a bad idea because i mean i'm happy i did it anyway but of course it, it hits you again you know it's uh it, it make it come more to the surface in that way and in exchanging some of that messages there were so many times the convert there was an actually hilarious dialogue that took place at some point where i was just on multiple occasion i was questioning his business sense I was just saying, Bennett. You can't be doing this, man. You're going to ruin yourself. Yeah, think, exactly. Uh, think about yourself for a minute. Yeah. The entire email exchange there will be like him trying to give me money, me saying, no, absolutely not. What can I do for you? And we can go back and forth. So it was the weirdest sponsorship relationship ever because it's not your typical thing because each one of us was trying to give more to the other and uh, take less. <laughs> so it was an interesting way to approach it. And, uh, you know, I was telling him, yeah, you're a real shrewd businessman driving a tough bargain, you know, it's like, but that's also, you know, he did it with us because he liked us, but he did it also, that was a bit SMO, you know, he tried to be that way with, uh, he was telling me, yeah, that's how we run, how I run short design back in Thailand is, uh, you know, we ask a manufacturer if we, the manufacturer is nice enough person and they ask, uh, 
how much uh, do you need to get this done? And they'll say, uh, 100 baht, you know, the money. In so I'll give him 150. And he's saying, he's like, okay, 125, done. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, this thing is like, for me, it's not going to, especially when you translate it in Thai money, it's not that huge of a difference. Yeah. But for that person, it makes a huge one in their life. So why the hell not? You know, why? Why is he, why is he not running the banking systems for us? Seriously, they right? They take care of each other so everybody does well. Yeah. Oddly enough, when everybody does well, everybody does well. Yeah. No, and that's kind of his approach. You know, there's, I have one line right here where he writes, one of his responses to me is literally, it's not all about the money. Got to be able to live with myself. And that's the guy right there. You know, he has been, yeah, from a business standpoint, the boss, Chris Ryan was mentioning on his podcast on like regularly, uh, Chris would be like, oh, send me a bill for the t-shirts and stuff. And Bennett is like, yeah, I'll send you a bill. And he never does, of course. And, and, so, and he supported the people he liked. That was, was really cool. I mean, yeah, he wanted us to be able to do well enough to keep going. And yep. he helped us achieve that. Yep. And same with Duncan at first and same with Chris. I'm yeah, sure he started out. out there, um, we have no idea. He started out with Duncan, and uh, he sponsored Duncan for a long time. Got all his T-shirts done, and then I remember back when I wanted to get the Duncan Tawis T-shirts done. Bennett stepped up, and he was like, uh, "Oh yeah, man, I'll help you out." Da, 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 and he hooked us up with some of his friends. Then he did the, his own T-shirts, and he did. The, um, he was awesome. You know, he was great. He was great every step of the way. He jumped on, he helped us, he has been sponsoring Chris Ryan. He has been kind of a behind-the-scene key figure on a lot of podcasts in helping, helping them get off the ground. So, yeah, I mean, it's the whole thing just doesn't make any fucking sense. The man was 52 years old. I believe he was 52, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he was right in that range. Yeah. There's no... You know, the guy moves to Thailand, changes his life, structures his life in a way that's no stress, that's enjoyment, being good to people, you know, not just from a selfish standpoint, you go out there and you take care of yourself, which is, I mean, better than not taking care of yourself. But sure. on top of it, you also do it where you help other people, you're doing this and that, and you get fucking leukemia and die. That just, under the fire, if you're looking for a rhyme or reason, you are really looking in the wrong universe here. That just fucked up on so many levels. There's oddly enough, we had spoken about relationship with mortality long before he was sick, just kind of in a more theoretical manner. And one thing that he, he said that was interesting, I shall read it to you. He said, Surprisingly, the idea of someone I love dying scared me more scared me exponentially more than my own mortality. The real thing that keeps me up is to be helpless if someone I love is sick, which... That's most everybody, isn't it? Yeah, but in that sense, I mean, I'm... I'm and he did say it, you know, he said, you know, I, when he started getting sick, I'm like, how are you handling it, you know, how are you feeling? And he was, like, surprisingly calm about it in some way. He was kind of like, you know, if somebody cuts me off in traffic, I lose my shit, but about the big stuff, I'm oddly calm. And I'm like, well... That's good. That's better than the alternative for sure. But still, you can't help. And again, not that any of us has any illusions that we live in a fair universe, because I think we've been desensitized to that notion many, 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 many times. And it's still shocking when you get a reminder of just like, this is just not fucking right. You know, you get so many 
And I'm sure you have done the same, or you look around and you see so many assholes out there that you're like, why is this guy still breathing? And this is a horrible person who puts nothing but bad attitudes in their life, spread nothing but misery, and they are all fine. And of all people, Bennett gets, it's like, that doesn't make any sense, you know? Well, again, it does make sense if there is no rhyme or reason or justice. But if you think like, you know, we have all grown up with these ideas directly or indirectly of fairness, of karma, you know, what you put out there is what comes back to you. Well, sure as hell, not within this time frame, you know, maybe in the very short run in terms of you are nice to people, they may have been nice to him. And I'm sure, you know, he has touched a lot of people who are, feel strongly his passing maybe in the long run in the really long game the one that we don't see but in at this level it looks just awful it looks just did you notice i didn't make a single dick cheney reference during that while you're talking about horror? i am quite impressed with you i think you know who knows perhaps bennett was he's off to um ignite his own personal star that he's going to inhabit for the next 500 million years well that's the thing awesome and he had to be on his way Maybe it's just that silly and that simple. That or is the thing. Be, maybe he's off, you know, hanging out with uh, him and Prince are, are, are little fruit flies now, <laughs> enjoying the nectar off of orange trees in Miami, and they're going to live for three days, and it's going to be awesome. And then off to the next thing. So, well, that is the thing that I do. I, I, I mean, by now I've mentioned it multiple times, but I don't really have a hardcore materialistic worldview. I don't believe that just kind of. Our bodies, our physical self, it's all there is to it. Which does not mean that I have the foggiest idea of what there is. But I think I've seen enough weird things to convince me that the game is more complicated than reality as we know it seems to be on a purely material plane. So many things have happened. Well, and so, you know, the insanity of just matter itself. Right. When you go to... Someone told me a a good reference is if you took a gymnasium Mm -hmm. and that was an atom... A flea in the middle of the floor would be the nucleus. Wow. The shell of the building would be the electrons. Yeah. And all of that nothingness of which we are all created out of is the rest of it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's life is mysterious. It is. That's for sure. It's awesome. And we have gone through, even on the podcast, a long list of events that take place that sometimes leave us just puzzled and in amazement of... uh, Nice rainbow well, over Prince's uh, well, Paisley Park right. the day he died. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all those sort of things. Same thing happened at my fucking father's funeral. Same what? sort of thing. It just makes you go... Yeah, so, I mean, I'm seriously hoping that whatever Bennett may be now is in a good place. Or, But, of course, you know, that's the problem is nobody knows, right? We don't know, and that's the frustrating part that hits at us that we don't know. That you have to sort of throw up your hands and embrace the mystery, but we don't really know. But we can hope. Yeah. Oddly enough, and be confident I was, uh, that somebody that nice yeah. is going to get a nice reward. Not insane, not 77 virgins or any bullshit like that, but no. Even though, a nice I'm sh- guy here. even though I'm sure Bennett would appreciate. Oh, of course he yeah. would. But, you know, just a good spin on the next time, you know? Yeah. As the, a crystalline entity on the shore of some fucking ocean of methane, that, <laughs> which could be another form of life. You never know. There's so many planets, such a huge universe, so many universes. While um, the other day while I was looking at um, all the messages and going back and forth, somebody had tweeted at me some archaeological discovery and 
I was I had a couple of window open on the browser and so I decided okay I'm taking a break from this stuff that's getting a little heavy I'll look at this thing and it was this finding of a Roman mosaic from 2300 years ago and in the mosaic I found it perfect for both the context of what we are dealing with the fact that Bennett, before even moving to Thailand, was a huge dadad. He was a huge fan of the Grateful Dead, uh, the recordings of like 600 live concerts. Uh, you know, he had followed them around yeah, over yeah. and over again. And one of the things that he mentioned about moving to Chiang Mai in Thailand was the fact that Chiang Mai to him was like a big dead parking lot where everybody's trading and nice to each other and pretty cool. And, and um, in this Roman mosaic that I saw, there was the image of a skeleton drinking wine nice and uh, with a caption there was something along the lines of enjoy life you know and it's like it's that duality of reminding you that reminding you about enjoying the present moment and i thought the timing of it was interesting seems um, you found the first non-bennett t-shirt for the next season yeah 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 that was uh yeah man i don't know i mean of course i can't talk to the guys at short design i have no idea if they will exceed i'm assuming from what bennett told me before it sounded like he had good partners uh who are gonna who could kind of keep the whole thing running without him of course we didn't mean it without him really without him but you know if he's gone for three months he would be fine so i'm assuming that you know at some point i'm sure we'll touch base definitely not this is not the time to do that no but, but we have see... to we have to get the order of the double xl green eq t-shirts yeah because they may be the greatest sexual enhancer ever created guys get your lady into that thing let her flit about the house and almost a dress but not quite and you're gonna have a wonderful evening yeah and man. it's another gift of bennett and another thing yeah i was so happy to that chris had interviewed him just a few what weeks ago yeah yep. chris ryan had done a, uh, a recorded a podcast with bennett in the hospital three weeks ago he just released it a few days ago so if you want to hear his so, voice there yeah. it is waiting for you you can hear what a happy cat he was even with the sickness he didn't complain one bit about it no so tangentially speaking uh chris ryan podcast check out the episode with bennett grunberg is one of the last chris has released yep and uh yeah man you got a feel for him he's just a good human being that just where it's at and you know, if we ever if we ever do new T-shirts again at any point, whether it will be short design, whether it will be some other way, still like I was thinking about it, and like every time when we do the T-shirts, you know, Savannah sends in the images, and we go back and forth, and we chat, and you know, the fact that these are it, these are the last T-shirts we've done with Bennett himself, that just like, you know, it's another way to remind you of the finality of it all, that this is the gig is up, you know, this is where it's at, but. um but yeah, man, I'm going to miss him. Just good, good, good human being. I'm going to put maybe for the artwork for this episode, I want to put um, some art that somebody did, um, a portrait of Bennett. Yeah. So we'll put that one up. But yeah, man, you are the best. Awesome human being. We're going to miss you a lot. For a visit into Bellelli's dream time. All right, everybody, it's dream time for our Bennett Memorial episode. So no, no killing anybody. 
well, you know what? In Unless that case, they deserve it. Yeah, in that case, let's maybe we don't do dreams. This we is been dream time, else. and we'll talk to you next week. No, no, no. We do something, but is um, let's do something else. I'll give you a story because I was going through some of my notes of my dream, and damn if I find a dream where I don't kill somebody. So, sorry. Yeah, I am a psychopath. I'm fully aware of it. I try to be... I'm sweet in daily life. I guess I save it all for my subconscious moments. Well, people need to watch out because his new sword is one of the finest pieces of metal I've ever seen and quite awesome. Oh, yeah. On that note, thank you very much to Cold Steel for sending me what I quote is a Chinese war sword oh. in machete form. It is glorious. It's I, awesome and balanced so nice. Oh, and my God. Wee bit sharp. Yeah, just a tad. Excellent for chopping off the heads of your enemies and turning their skulls into drinking goblets. By Crom. Oh, yes. And, of course, that's what you need to do with that voice. You need to praise Crom when you drink. <laughs> but let's go for a, a rather interesting story. Uh, so this is not a dream. This is something that happened in real life. I was probably about eight years old. And... Um, I was my dad came to pick me up at school and we were walking home and we got home we arrived to our door my dad put the key in the locks try to open and it's not going and he's like what the hell he pulls it out look no this is the right key so put it in again try to open doesn't work it's like what the hell keep going keep going like now it's, we're locked out of our house and we can't quite figure out why and all of a sudden the door opens and there's a dude that is like, oh, sorry, uh, I, it's the wrong house, and try to walk out. Like, I came to the wrong house, sorry. So he's in there holding the door or something while he's trying to unlock it. Yeah, and, uh, and, my, and my dad just peed him against the wall. I was like, no, sorry, that's not the way it works. Because obviously it was a guy who had broken into our house and was stealing and stuff. And, you know, junkie, probably, who just needed money for heroin or something. And the whole thing from that moment, which was a little scary and weird, you know, where there's this physical confrontation where somebody just broke into your house and my dad just kind of pushed him against the wall and kind of pinned him there and like, no, you're not going anywhere. And the dude start freaking out at that point. The guy is like, okay, okay, uh, I give you back everything. Uh, just don't call the police. Don't call the police. Don't call the police. And my dad is ridiculously calm. And he's just like, give me back my stuff and we can talk about it, right? And they start being, like, so nice to each other in a way that's downright funny, considering the circumstances, right? The dude start pulling out, oh, you know, I'm sorry, man. And he, like, had stolen, I think, my dad's wedding ring or something. Oh. And he's like, I'm sorry, man. Here you go, this and that. And, oh, man, and I made such a mess. Because obviously I tossed everything around to look for stuff that was worth anything. And it wasn't anything worth it. You know, we had nothing in our house. So it was like, <laughs> we found my dad's wedding ring. That was about as good as it got. There was nothing else. And the dude is like, and... uh but please don't call the police. And he's like, no, no, you know, just give me my stuff. Don't do shit like this. Because, you know, it's like, but so they are being all, and this guy now is like, oh, but he pulls out some money. And he's like, here is like 10 bucks. I'm sorry. So for the door, because, you know, I basically screwed up your lock. So, so you can try to fix it. And my daddy's like, no, no, don't worry. And I kid you not, at one point, my daddy's like, Oh, I'm about to make coffee. Do you want some? Wow. And the dude is like, no, no, thank I you. Just I'm be on my way, yeah. 
I was like, I remember being eight and being very confused by the whole interaction. I was like, what the hell is this? You Did know, you ever ask like, him about it again? Or? Yeah, yeah, we talk about it. I mean, he thought he was funny too. He yeah. thought he was weird. He figured, you know, the second he saw this dude, he's like, this is not a dangerous guy. This is not a hardcore. This is a, somebody who's a heroin addict who does the kind of stuff that junkies will do. Uh, but not on, you know, he was... Uh, wimpy low-level criminal not uh, just not looking money for his got his fix not the and not the guy who was like you know and that's the gun and he's ready it's like you know so the whole thing i mean i'm sure it could have worked out really badly in under different circumstances i'm sure you know the but the way it was interesting to see the switch, to see my dad just slamming this dude against the wall and blow, and kind of ready to for action. And that instead turned into this super pleasant discussion among gentlemen where I was highly confusing, to say the least. Those two should go to Israel and Palestine and chat with those folks a little bit. Yeah, no, and my dad didn't want me to tell anybody because he was like, you do not tell this story to anybody that we know because everybody's gonna say you're a fucking idiot you should have called the police this da 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 and i don't want to deal with all the grief so don't tell it to anybody and of course we're now telling it to about thousands of people but yeah but if, if that, the reactions are on, are on the reaction level of donations <laughs> yeah we don't we're nothing not, will happen so yes i still need money for my lock so thanks yeah, exactly that would be, or <laughs> Well, I so. uh, I had sort of a, a waking dream myself over the mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, I flew up to Portland because we were uh, we, we shot a movie up there, and it's done. And we went and to show it to the cast and crew from Portland. And I'd never been to Portland. Lovely city, everybody. Let me mm-hmm. tell you, it's green. There's some humidity to it, and the buildings are kind of built amongst the hills of the uh, you know kind of rolling mountains there. And a big river goes right through the middle of it. But my second day, I had like five hours to kill before. Right. So first of all, get my stuff together, put my bags in my car, and I'm just going to walk the city for a few hours. Come downstairs. It is the uh, international um, meeting of the Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority. Uh, kind of their yearly convention yep. happened to be there. So there's hundreds of gorgeous black women of every age just swirling about this place with great energy. And that's a good way to start your day all by itself, just oceans of fabulous ladies. But then out to the streets, there's a there's a place there that's like a bunch of like permanently parked food trucks, mm-hmm. kind of famous. So I went to check it out. But on my way up, I noticed there was Rich's Tobacco Store, hmm. which I thought... Hey, Sadly, I can't buy any tobacco anymore because I'm too weak to try to smoke a cigar because I'm sure I'll be back on the nicotine. Right. But had a flight and they had magazines. So I got a couple of magazines in my bubble gum to keep my ears from popping. Then across the street is a little cafe, mm-hmm. French onion soup, fish and chips, and a fucking old-fashioned like rye whiskey with bitters in the mushed uh, uh, orange and yep. cherry. So now I got a good buzz going on. Nice. But my destination for this place, they have an entire city block that's a bookstore. Really? Like, considering that there are no other bookstores in the U.S. pretty much anymore? I guess they've all collected there, but this thing's yeah. a massive Powell's bookstore. tower. Oh. It's, it's, it's incredible. And I didn't even, I, there's rooms and rooms that I could see in the distance, wow. but I didn't even make it past, like, the first room. I, I got one called Soul of the Octopus, which may be my favorite book ever because these people are really studying these things. And the fact that five three-fifths of their brain is on their skin to control their arms Mm because their arms are so complicated and like the suckers don't just grab they taste they smell 
and they can either bite the fuck out of you or pinch you like a thumb and forefinger. Anyway, millions of things I learned about octopus. So I grabbed that one first, and then I've been looking for my own copy of James Michener's Hawaii mm-hmm. since I was born there. And for the first time ever, asking a thousand times for a first you edition, found it. these guys had a first edition, and nice. it was really cheap. I thought uh, the way I was imagining your story to go was uh, you were telling me, you know, I walked into this thing. It was a city block wide of a bookstore, and they had tens of thousands of books, and they were all not afraid by Daniele Bolelli. No, that was funny. That was my... that those were, it seemed like every other book in everybody's hand happened to be that. Of course. Okay. And, now and, yeah, now we're Create talking. Your Own Religion still seems to be very popular. Okay. I do. That still has a spot at the Barnes & Noble in, a, nice. in Oxnard. So. Nice, nice. But then the big finish was, I'm in, I'm in mm-hmm. Oregon. Right. They have recreational marijuana. Yep. And you can, you can get it and smoke it and not get any trouble. So for the first time ever, because without here, a license, well, I don't have a license. I wouldn't do such a thing. Oh, to of pre- course. I still have my yeah. presidential run to worry about. So I let my wife get the license. Anyway, so here I go into the pasta, and yeah. it's down. You know, it's not a big city, so it's pretty quick. And yeah. down where the Union Mission and the strip clubs, and oh, yeah. now I'm seeing the, the collectives, and the people were the kindest. Oh, just great people. Rose City Collective, I believe it was called. And so there's a big board there, and they've got joints rolled up, all these different things. I went with the Stephen Hawkins. Now, initially, I was a bit scared because I didn't want something that would permanently put me into, you know, comatose sort of thing. That would be bad. And they said, no, no, no. It's not the body high. It's the brain high. Oh, I see. I see. I see. So there it was, man. Legally purchased. Nobody had any trouble. Tax money for the fine state of Oregon. Check you out. And uh, I don't think anybody was hurt in the process. So you experienced the joys of legal marijuana. I'll show you the little movie I made later, and I might post it, because it'll show you exactly how good that weed is. Really? I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. This little movie kind of explains it in about 15 seconds. We shall have to find out. So on my way out, I was wearing my brand new Star Wars Shuttle Tidarium t-shirt, and some sort of kind of down-on-his-luck cat was like, Hey, man, I like your shirt. And I was like, there's the one. I've been looking for him. I can't carry this giant joint with me back to California, which is bullshit, but we won't get started right. on that. And I was like, my man, do you think you could probably handle taking care of the rest of this for me? He's like, oh, that's no problem, man. <laughs> Thanks so much. Nice. And so there you go. There's Rich's dreamlike trip through Oregon. All that took place in like four hours, man. It was fantastic. Well, since we're speaking of movies and videos that are fun, should and we keep it weird, some... Portland, real quick. That's yeah, there. that's always important. Yeah. Should we should we offer the fine folks uh, um, a commercial that it's a joke, right? It's, I mean, it's a commercial. It is, but it is in a it's a Duncan Trussell uh, oh. doing a Datsusara animation. I'll Without put a question. link in the episode notes, but maybe we can put the audio on right now. Yep. So Done. why not? One minute of Duncan Trussell extolling the virtues of Datsusara. Because again, with all of Duncan's commercials. There are times that I literally have listened to Duncan's like for the commercials where I just go on his podcast that is like, yeah, I'm sure the podcast is going to be great, but I want to listen to the because co- he's so damn good. Well, I've already tortures himself with those things, too. Like, oh, yeah. He spent a long time. Well, you can tell they are you beautiful. Got to, you, you know, know you, you cannot put them out. off on. Yeah. But so let's go with a minute of Duncan on Datsusara. About two years ago. Chris O'Dell, who started Datsusara, contacted me and ended up sending me a backpack made of hemp. 
It's like something out of the Lord of the Rings universe, something you might find inside a volcano hidden underneath some magma. I have a feeling that Chris O'Dell ascends a mountain into Valhalla and wrestles with Norse gods for permission to cultivate their eternal hemp in the fields of Odin to create some of these amazing bags and shirts. They've got a really cool hoodie. They've got fighting gear. Are you thinking about using a grappling hook to climb to the top of the tower to assassinate some czar or emperor or evil wizard? Then this is the backpack for you. Just check it out. I'm not kidding. It's worth it. Go to dsgear.com. Hare Krishna. Datsusara. Hemp gear for victory. Now, I thought Micro Ninjas were something, but that... Yeah, no, I that's think we epic. did an honest job, but yeah, Duncan is the king of uh, <laughs> podcast advertising. He does it so well. Somebody, Bennett, was saying that in the episode with uh, Chris Ryan, he was saying how somebody had put together three hours of Duncan, or clips of Duncan, added together doing all short design uh, ads. Yeah, it was like three and a half hours. Each one better than the next. And I need to find it. If any of you guys, uh, I'll voice it for you guys. If any of you guys know where to find these, uh, some gentle soul that put together all the clips that Duncan had done for sure design and put them together in one giant file, I would love to hear it because I'm sure it's going to put me in a good mood. We had a birthday excitement in my house for my wife. Um, Top on her list was a Joe Rogan slash Daniele Bolelli memorial uh, fanny pack oh, the, from Datsusera. Right, right, right. Yeah, Datsusera stuff is glorious. Yeah, there's... And of course, the Datsusera bag got me to Portland and back. No problem. I went with the backpack this time so I could have the laptop in there. And Well done, I say, my man. So those aren't sponsorships. That's just mentioning our friends. Yeah, exactly. So get some Buffalo Bars and get you in. <laughs> Thanks, Ami, as usual. The, um... All right, that's dream time. Yep, that is dream time. A mangled version of it. All right, everybody. Normally, I would get all excited and say it's it's story time with from our sponsored by our friends at Sure Design T-shirts, and it doesn't feel really fun to say today. But luckily. Bolelli has found an awesome anti-Andrew Jackson story. To <laughs> yeah, there's that. Just in time for the $20 bill to be, you know, phased out over the next 12 years. They're getting right to that, I know. So yeah, it's by fitting, 2030, we'll be done. and it'll be. It's fitting in multiple ways with the Andrew Jackson angle. And also there's clearly a Bennett angle. Since we mentioned one of the characteristics that the man has been all about has been monstrous generosity. That's what the story is, what we're looking at today. And it's a... It's, it's easy to be generous. When, well, it's not necessarily easy because there are people who have gazillion resources at their disposal and they do not share a tiny bit. But it's easier to be generous when you have a lot. It's clearly not so easy to be generous when you don't. But oddly enough, over and over again, the most generous people well, are the people with the least. This is one of those cases where you find... Uh, Here's a story from the mid-1800s that involves members of the um, American Indian nation known as the Choctaw. The Choctaw had not had a particularly pleasant history in the early 1800s because what had happened is they were living on kind of the eastern part of, the of what becomes the United States, places like Alabama, Louisiana, around that area. 
and in, the 18, in 1830, to be precise, the government will pass something known as the Indian Removal Act, which is basically orders for several native nations in those lands to be kicked out of their homeland and forcibly march to Oklahoma. Why Oklahoma? Because nobody wants to live in Oklahoma and will become kind of the dumping ground for defeated Indian nations. So you don't have to live next to them. You don't have to kill them all, which is nasty and bloody, and you don't have to live next to them either. So you can safely push them west to somewhere where you don't want to go anyway. So Until you find gold on their land. Of course. That, in fact, is not going to stay because even in Oklahoma they will take their lands and... But if for the time being, in 1831, the Choctaw will experience the same thing that many of these other... Tra- the most famous case is the one of the Cherokee that will become known as the Trail of Tears yeah. in 1838. Yeah. But already in 1831, many of the Choctaw get kicked out of their homeland and forcibly march toward Oklahoma. Oh, same trail, too. Yeah. The... The Cherokee will refer to it as the Trail of Tears for good reasons, because thousands of them will die. Well, very same thing happened to the Choctaw, where the numbers of Choctaw that leave their homelands, compared to the numbers who actually get there, well, it's there's a deep subtraction in the process, because it's, uh, uh, you know, the whole thing was done with poor supplies in harsh environments. So it was kind of a death march, really. When you look at it, you're talking about probably thousands of people who died before they got there. Now, the government didn't see it that way. The government said, well, if they stay here, they're all going to be killed. Yeah, it was kind of like, hey, that's your alternative to genocide, so be happy. Uh, now, again, I mentioned that this was a happy story, so what's so happy yeah. about it? You and that wasn't any about... support for the government. I was just representing how the No, the that's how they ra- rationalize it. Rationalize, yeah. yeah. And, you know, so far we have uh, uh, death marches, dispossession of land. It's not... Well, what happened to the happy story? What's well, going on here? It's just ancestral land that they've lived on for thousands of years. It's yeah, it doesn't really count, right? So, well, here is what happens. Fast forward a little over a decade later. By that point in the latter part of the 1840s, across the pond in Ireland, that's the time of the potato famine, when a high percentage of the Irish people will starve as a result of... Uh, um, this kind of blight affecting the potato and uh, destroying their crops. So that's when thousands of Irish will migrate to the Americas. All of this stuff is happening. Well, ironically, by the way, Andrew Jackson was the son of uh, Irish Irish migrants from a previous migration earlier on. Well, it's not like Donald Trump or Ted Cruz's people are named stands with open fist, beaver hunter, or anything like that. Well, why do I? Why do we say ironically? Because again, you know, Andrew Jackson is the one who will screw over the Choctaw. Well, okay, so far, but what's the connection between the Choctaw and the Irish? That's a good question. That's where it gets interesting, right? Indians love Irish whiskey. <laughs> well, that's not the connection. Damn. That's not where we're going for. I was just making a stab. Now, what we got here is uh, members of the Choctaw Nation in 1847 decide to pull together some of their already non-existent resources, raise as much money as they possibly could to send them across the ocean to the starving Irish. Now, keep in mind, this is a time when the Irish own government is uh, sending often whatever little crops they have for sale to England while their own people are starving. You know, things are as nasty as they could be. And you have people who got nothing, like the Choctaw, who just lost everything, who just lost thousands of people, who've experienced all this horror, who somehow find it in them to 
pull together the resources and send them to people they've never... I mean, if you think today sending money across the world is weird, think about what it was like 160 years ago where there was no internet. You can look who these people are up out there. It's a story you have heard about somebody out there who's suffering and you decide to send it into the unknown, basically, because across the ocean, how many Choctaws have been to Ireland? You know, it's like not exactly something that would happen. Who would they trust to take their money? I don't know the details, to be honest. So there's no, and there's no details about how they found out either? I mean, they were reading the, the Daily Oklahoma. And, you yeah, know. and I'm sure, you know, there were Irish people coming into the Americas. So I'm sure they heard stories. Probably, you know, f- people they became friendly with, started telling them about the suffering of their people in Ireland and so on and so forth. But that's that's what happened. And that's a hell of, uh, you know, so often history is depressing. So often nasty things show up in history over and over again. Here is a case where something beautiful happened, where something sweet happened. Can't really bet that. And, um, you know, you really can't beat this. So I figure it was uh, this particular story, which was a cool story anyway, is uh, extra relevant considering that this is a Bennett Grunberg episode and its number one characteristics. Well, among many, I'm sure, but one thing that I definitely remember him for is his incredible generosity. So I find these a very fitting story for this. I love the uh, I love the amazing part about the amount that it was literally a hundred and seventy dollars, but in eighteen forty that was tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, I mean money. it would have been yeah it would have been clearly more than it's out today, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's whatever they could, right? It's no, whatever totally, they could and probably that had to be helpful to somebody. Yep, yep, yep. So. That's a story for you right there. People being nice over and over again? No one's going to believe it. All right, well, there's our funky music. Uh, We're going to keep this one a little short because it's... uh, Kind of a kind of a bummer, man. Still fresh news, only a few days old. Um, I hope by the time we get this out in a couple of days, we'll have somewhere where you can at least make contact with Bennett's mother, and or, or at least you know send your condolences to her. Uh, you could definitely go to the Facebook page of of um, Sure Design. Yeah, well, you know, we'll find out. So, so everything is so fresh and new. I don't know anything about anything right now. So yeah. we'll go into that. I want to, before we close, there are a couple of things that we're going to do different from usual. You know, the only thing I want to do, again, no commercial stuff. I just want to say thank you to the people who donated. So we'll do that. And then I want to close off because Bennett was huge on The Grateful Dead. There's one song in particular. This is a Jerry Garcia song, but that always gets to me. It's always just such a melancholic, powerful, beautiful song. So I want to close with that one. But before we get to that, let's just quickly say thank you to these folks. Let the pottering begin. So we got big thank you to Robert Primos, Jabbar Kaji Reed, Thomas Robinson, Maurizio Mezzatesta, Jonathan Waterloo, David Peterson, Alexander Kuzner, uh, Stephen McKee, Aaron McLaughlin, Shelby Moyer, Samuel Jones, Chris Talent, 
I'm, I don't know. I have no idea how to pronounce it. It's from Germany and is UHL. And uh, Ooh. yeah, I don't. I have no idea. So sorry, man. But again, I'm also screwing up everybody else's name. I'm just screwing it up extra in your case because it's just too cool of a name. Lisa Robles, uh, David Peterson, twice I guess. Nice. Thanks, David. Cameron Way, Derek George, and Lynn Shirley. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So now we shut up and we let Jerry Garcia do his thing. They did beside him there 
There's no one to write to the blue-eyed girl The words her lover had said Mama, you know it's the news She'll only know he's dead If y'all saw how much they charged me for fucking t-shirts at that final Grateful Dead show in Santa Clarita, uh, I think we're going to be all right. <laughs> I'll just send back the damn t-shirt if they got a problem. Jerry doesn't. How could Jerry have a problem? Jerry's right. hanging with Bennett yeah. and Prince and, and David Bowie and whoever the fuck else is going next. Yeah. That's... 2016, enough. Enough. A long list. See you next time, guys. <laughs> And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as soon as they come out. You can keep track of Daniel at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at richimon1. That's R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, the numeral one. See y'all soon. Maybe I don't want to hear this. No, you don't. <laughs> in questo cazzo, in questo caso, le provvidenza di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, huh? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. <laughs> this was great. It's fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. We've been yeah, having a great hour nice. here. Dun, dun, dun. I completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're outro. Oh, we're out. Okay, sorry. So that's so. Let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and uh, uh, your accent? It just whatever that movie is you were trying to tell can me you about. Translate for me, please. I believe the word was tombstone. Yeah, that one exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work.